ever to become that everything you can be That's all I wanted for you young and like father like son But in the end I hope you only turn out better than me I hope you know I love you young and like father like son My little man you think is coming Alright welcome we appreciate everybody coming back. Um, listen to what's this episode five of Listen Son, the podcast. Um, we thank you tremendously for your support. Um, following along, just hearing the journeys of so many uh, fathers and sons, and, and understanding how important this dynamic is to the world, uh, to our communities, and things like that. Um, continue to follow us. Continue like. Continue subscribe um, and share. Uh, the only way we can grow this platform, and the only way we can reach each other. Um, and make a benefit in the world is if we continue to share this content um, and get people involved um, in, in a good manner. Uh, we got so many people that's coming through this podcast in no way, shape, or form um, are their views represent, uh, representative of whatever job they hold or business they hold. Um, this is just straight from the soul, straight from the heart. Um, and if you have questions or, or things or comments that you want to get to us, um, email us uh, at listensun414 uh, at gmail.com. We would love to hear stories and we'd love to get it out there. So without further ado, we got the core four back, my Uncle Rick, my dad, Money. Um, and we got two, man, two of the finest, two of the greatest um, here with us now. Jacquees Coleman, I see throwing up the deuces and his pops, uh, Troy Coleman, throwing up the deuces as well. So welcome to everybody. Glad to have y'all um, all here in this podcast with me. Um, so uh, we want to hear from uh, Troy and two first, you know, by them being the new faces. Uh, we want to uh, get on the opportunity in the floor to share, you know, just their journey and how far they have come uh, with their story. So. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Uncle Troy, uh, just go into it, just talk about, you know, your sport background, which got you in sport. And when you got that little man, you know, what, what was the goal behind that? So I'm, I'm going to let you take the floor. I appreciate that, nephew. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I fell in love with basketball. I probably like, I was four years old. I'll never forget it. Uh, you know, I had no, no pops around when I was coming up in life. And uh, but so my, my uncle, which really was my cousin, but I just called him uncle. You know, when you're that little, when you got older cousin you consider him uncle but blood rise he was my cousin and he um he was the leader of the cub scouts and me and my cousin michi we were too young to join the cub scouts but he always had us there with him you know just to see, let us see be around young men and uh, i never forget they took us to a bucks game and marcus johnson mickey johnson Sidney moncrief dave myers bob lanier rick i'm sure y'all know all these dudes harvey catchings um you know they was playing and i fell in love with the game of basketball right then and there and I went home, and I mimicked. I was always good at mimicking stuff. I mimicked everything I saw Marcus Johnson do because Marcus Johnson was a bad boy. Everybody, he don't get his love. But anybody know Milwaukee Bucks basketball, Marcus Johnson was a bad boy, NBA rookie of the year, cold-blooded, right? So, you know, I, that's when I fell in love with the game basketball, and I actually really, really got good at it. Um, you know what I'm saying? But there was another element to life for me, too. You know what I'm saying? But not having that, that father figure around, not having that, that element in my life, uh, it led me to the streets. My mother worked second shift. Now, it's seven of us all together. My mother works second shift. So, you know, we always timed when she come home. So we know she'd be home by 1130. So we out in the street. We come home. I do my homework. I always like school. So I did all my homework, come home, uh, hit the streets after I finished my homework. You know, so I'm out in the streets doing a thing, playing basketball first. And when the lights go out, that's when we get in all kind of mess. We get in all kind of trouble and stuff, man. So I can honestly say basketball saved my life as far as uh, going to uh, getting in trouble, going to prison, anything like that, because I showed was headed down that path, right? But then uh, I met Jackie, Toots' mom, my son and mother, and I'm, honestly, he, he's the one that actually made me turn my whole life around. That's when I stopped doing any type of uh, crime and all that kind of stuff. Because when I had a son, I, re I refused to allow him 
to uh, go through what I went through as a young man coming up. Because honestly, I I hated my father, and I and uh and I can honestly say that. But once I uh, got a chance to uh, meet him and talk to him after all the anger went, uh, you know, I end up I end up coming to grips with it. That I, you know, I told him we had a, we had a good conversation about why he went around, and I hated him for not being around. So I had a chance to go overseas and play overseas basketball. I don't know if y'all know this, but I was a top 100 player in the country in Street, uh, Street Smith, which they used to have Street Smith. Now it's Nike and Adidas and all that. Well, back then it was Street Smith. I was top 100 player in the country. I was number 67, I think I was, 66. I was a bad boy. It ain't, ain't no doubt about it. Uh, y'all hear about the name brand dudes, but they all know me, trust me. They, they know what I did to them. So, you know, uh, you know, you know, the crazy part is, you know, after that, after I did all that, and uh, you know, when you when you're doing so well and things are starting to go well for you, when things don't go well, what you revert back to, you revert back to what you know. But when Toot was born, and I was 20, 20 years old when when his mom got pregnant, I turned twenty one, and I never forget it because that was the last time I start I start hanging in the streets, I stopped doing crime and all that kind of stuff, and um and uh, that just he actually turned my life, changed my life, man. He really did. That was so it was a that was a blessing for me. That's what got me involved in basketball. And then I dedicated to make sure he played basketball. So see, a lot of people don't notice. Yeah, he just, just, didn't, just didn't play basketball. Two played football. He was good at football, baseball, track and field. I had him doing everything. You know why I had him doing that? To keep his ass off the streets, keep him out of trouble. Because I didn't, like I said, I didn't have that guidance. So I want to make sure he had that guidance. So that was my main thing with that. As I introduced him to sports, and he ended up loving basketball more than loving anything, which I figured that was going to happen anyway. But honestly, I told him this. I think he was a better baseball player. He, I think two would have been the pros. He played baseball. He said he played baseball. I love it. I love hearing about that. Um, I, I didn't even know that. You got to put respect on his name from, from what I'm hearing. So, uh, Toot, man, the floor is yours just to, you know, go into it, man. You know, having your dad there to, you know, help it, you know, help it with the transition of different sports and, and just, you know, navigating being a, you know, a lot of guys, they want to stick to that one sport now. They think that's what's going to get them to a top. But like that, so you play football, basketball, baseball. Man, just go into it, man. Just tell, tell the people about your story and your journey. I'm a, I was an athlete first. I, I fell in love with basketball. I think I was about four years old. I remember playing at Parkland YMCA um, against older kids, and I was pretty much the best player out there. I remember getting buckets on a lot of people. Um, yeah, and I was a three-sport athlete. I liked, I liked baseball. I liked football. Um, but basketball was the most fun for me because it was just, I don't know, the thrill, the run, the competition. And so, yeah, I, I fell in love with that. I picked, I picked basketball because it was the most fun. And it took me a long way. I, I played Division One basketball. Uh, I've been through a lot. Basketball took me plenty of places. I've been around plenty of states out this country. So um, it's done a lot for me in my life. Uh, that's what it is. I just – I was an athlete. I stayed out the streets like Pop said. And – Right, I had no choice. <laughs> so – that's what did it for me. Uh, I love sports, and I would always love it. I probably won't ever not like watching sports. I still play. Um, yeah, man. I was good, too. So as I was growing up, uh, I don't think I always had a fair shake against people. Um, all my problems didn't come on the court. Like, I think coaches had, a, I think coaches had problems with me, like, personally. Uh, and when I was young, there there wasn't one like grown man outside my family, and I've never been coached by anyone in my family, not a man in my family, um, for you know like organizationally, I've never been coached by any of y'all. But 
there wasn't a man in my life that told me about like that was real with me outside my family. I've only, I've only been coached by men outside my family, but every time I was coached by somebody, I don't think I had a fair shake. That no one really looked me in my eyes and told me the real deal about basketball or like growing up or being a man that was not my family. And so I think that hindered me. Um, I, I really think I could have went big, but uh, I didn't ask a lot of questions growing up. Now that I'm an older older guy and I'm a more of a man now than you know. Tomorrow I'll be more of a man, but <laughs> yeah, there was no one that really just took me under their wing and told me what to do and how to how to play, how to be. Like that's that's what it was with me. What's one? What's one? But aspect, I was still good. What's one aspect you 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 know you you kind of can remember if a coach would have just kind of you know pinpointed this or talked to in you my, about this? Go ahead. In my college me. days, in my college days. Um, I didn't really confront a lot of coaches and no coaches really confronted me about what they wanted from me. I was really out there just playing, trying to, you know, play and get on the court and get attention and minutes and all that. But if there were, when I was at Omaha, um, my coach, I remember one time uh, I asked my coach why I wasn't playing and he told me I couldn't stay in front of nobody or my defense. But then in the next game, we were down and we needed, he needed to sub, you know, make subs for defense offense. He put me in for defense and, you know, was subbing, subbing us in defensive offense, which really confused me and all that. So, like I said, well, nobody, nobody really kept it real with me when they were, when they were coaching me. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I ever got a fair shake, especially at Omar. I was a lot better than a lot of those guys and they know it. And I should have been playing. Um, and actually, the coach apologized to my dad when he seen him at a uh, <laughs> at a coaching convention, which is like a, a slap in the face to me. Um, he's white. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I got you. That's just the you. truth. Shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, for, I want to pause it right there. Um, money. Did you look up to two like I looked up to two when he played basketball? Like when I first really understood. The AAU circuit and basketball and where this thing could take you to was one of the dudes I looked up to. Now that's your cousin. So did you look up to him? That's love. Uh, of course. I always went to uh, the games. We played the same gym. We played with DTA, whatever. Spartan always at his game looking up to him. And Rico, I always looked up to them. So even when I was playing AAU, I ain't like I played for coaches that had sons. And so I was killing AU. I would kill AU pretty much every game. And I would, like, for DTA, coach would take me out and put his son in every game. He'd take me out first, put his son in. But I was a killer. I don't know what it was. They just didn't, I didn't really get it like a, no one ever just cut me loose. I don't know what they were scared of or if I, they thought I was a bad person or what. But my basketball story, is all is similar to what I was just what I just said. Yeah. So how did you and Money both went through that? You know, uh, playing playing basketball, being in programs where, you know, it's, it was it was like I said, it was heavy backcourts. I could think of a lot of guys that you guys played with. And how did you guys go through that? How did you process that? Because that's a mental aspect of the game. Confidence. A lot of coaches say they want their players to have confidence. They want them to play with confidence. And they want them to play tough and things like that. So how did that affect you guys? As hey, Mike, you wanna... Mike, have you, let me chime in on that. Go ahead. Because honestly, 
always saw uh, money in two. He's kind of the same guy. I just honestly, man, they were just too damn nice. And I used to be on two days about this. So when he say this stuff, I understand exactly what he's saying. They were just too nice. And I told this, like, I was a dog. You know what I'm saying? I wanted my son to be a dog. I want him to be a dog on the court, but be a, the nice guy they was off the court. Well, they were just too nice to me on and off the court. Like you, and money, yeah, money's a perfect example. Because money go to Iowa Lakes. Anybody can see. I, we, me, me and Rick watch the games. Money getting his money anytime he want to. But why he don't ever want to do it, I don't know. So he go to he go to Ashford right away. What he doing? What he doing, Rick? 20, 30 points a game. He he getting his money. And this is the same thing people tell him. Well, two is the same way. Two did the same thing. They wait till later on, and they and then later on they and you can just tell everybody think they got better. They didn't get better. They was always good like this. They just got more aggressive. And they start giving the they stopped giving a damn what people think. I think that's kind of a us trying to you know make them be respectful. And I think they we didn't I didn't do a good job of teaching them how to be respectful, uh, but still be that dog. You know what I mean? So I think that's what I was trying to do as a father, trying to make him be. Uh, and I don't know Rick 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 can say about that, but that's what I was trying to do with Jay Keys, trying to make him be that dog still, but be respectful at the same time and still be that dog. Look at Coach and I and tell him, you know, f you without saying the words f you. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get my, I'm going to go make it happen without saying those actual words. Trying to get him to do that pretty much all his life. Just too nice. Yeah. Go ahead. Go, we 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 gonna we gonna come back to money and toot about how they handled that. The floor is yours, Uncle Rick. How did how did you know as a parent? You know, like Troy said, you know. He felt it with money and two was too nice, but you know, he, it, it kind of, as you can see, it enraged him a little bit. How did you handle the situation? How did you deal with it as, as a parent? Yeah, um, far as uh, my son, far as him being tougher, I think mentally he was very tough. But uh, sometimes when 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 the wrong people you be put them in the wrong hands, they'll they'll kind of like won't let them do what they want to do and then show it with their mentality. I think him and two was pretty much the same type of player. It was. They were so willing and so, um, you know, so cooperative. The coaches thought, well, I'm going to play these kids. I know they better. Or, you know, like I said, if you're playing for a coach that's sons on the team, they're going to let them steal the limelight and know they're better than what they are. So, yeah, they could have been tougher, but you don't know when you're not at that practice when, you're not, when, a, when an adult has his hands on your child, you, you know, you'd be asking, why you ain't killing? Why you ain't doing? He just want to be on the team that bad. Like when I picked Playground, I picked Playground because it was the more popular uh, 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 team and they had money and we just came off from an uh, AAU program that failed with cash. So I want to you know, be, be, let him be with the best players and the best team when I really should have did just the opposite. I just should have let him uh, go with a mediocre team and be the star. But uh, I, I think he, he he got better later on, high school, college, and then after uh, Juco, hey, he did his thing. But I know Juco would have been that, open up that door to a lot of D1 and D2 schools. But anyway, hey, I appreciate him for just giving this a shot because that's a lot to go through it for a kid. Mm-hmm. Word up. So yeah, so yeah, too. How did you, you know, to, to, we posed it beforehand, you know, but we 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 got the perspective of your dad's first. But you know, you and money, how did y'all handle that? What what was the aftermath of that? Like, how did you play the game? Did it make you more hungry? Did it make you more bitter? Did it take the joy out of the game for you? Kind of go into that. Um, honestly, I never really played behind. I I just was just my minutes were just. Like fluctuate, uh, depending on who the coach was. Like most, of the, most of the coaches I played with for AU, like I said, had a son on the team, and it just so happened that I was the pawn for them to play with. 
you know, to match their son minutes with. So I never really played behind. Um, but it did kind of my confidence kind of wa- was wavering. Like I'll be when I when I'm playing well, everybody on my everybody good, everybody good with me. Um, coaches, you know, bigging me up, giving me praise. But when I make mistakes, it's like then I'm just like all bad. I don't, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I've never, I don't get chances. I didn't get as many chances to make mistakes as most other players to me. That's what I think. Um, so it, my, it, it messed with my confidence for sure. Uh, I was, I'm mentally tough, but I was a kid and I was a young kid and I didn't know a lot, especially from a grown man, you know, looking up, looking today, I didn't know the games grown men played like that. I didn't know the mind games, right? Cause my daddy was always real. My daddy was always truthful with me. He never really had no deceit between us. And I just feel like it was kind of deceitful between the coaches I grew up with and, you know, me. I just feel like they were, they didn't really have my back, but I, but they knew I was good. You should give good players leeway. Like good players, you can afford a good player to make mistakes. I think, but it just like sometimes when I make mistakes on the court, it just seemed like everything it was amplified more than all the good I did. So my confidence kind of wavered, and it was some days where I was shattered, but I kept playing. So, but I ultimately I, I believe I handled it pretty well, and like. It don't it don't phase me now today. I wish I kind of was. I wish I was kind of uh, as strong mentally then like I am today. Um, yeah, for me, like like you said too, it was, it was a lot of confidence. Um, and like like you said too, like I ain't never played behind like the son or the father's son. It was always like side by side or something. Um, but yeah, as we got older. It was more, more as I seen like my playing time going down. It it just was like more my confidence. Like, damn, why I ain't getting as much playing time? I know I'm, I know I'm good. Like, I know I'm, I'm probably, if I ain't, we at the same level where I'm better. It was just like that was the the main thing. Like, you know, you're supposed to be out there. You know, you're supposed to be playing. Right. And then I mean, when I got to like it was like seventh, eighth grade. I think that was like my that should have been my pardon. Like I should have left and, and really focused on myself. Because um, as I got into high school, that's when I even played my junior year at like AAU. So that was like a real confidence. Like I was like, I don't know where I'm at as a basketball player. Like if I'm really gonna go to college to play basketball or still. So like I really had to take that time to really physically, mentally get myself ready. Be like, all right, this is basketball is what I want to do and try to go as far as I can, but it was it was tough, but I I got over it though. So that's yeah. that's all I really got for that one. But uh for two I mean for us, you know, being JUCO, JUCO kids and, and going to four years, what would you say that like that transition, how's that transition? Because most people don't know, like it's tough. Like how was your transition for JUCO tough. JUCO tough as hell. It's cutthroat. Um, but the transition, the transition is what makes you the the uh, the basketball player you are. How you handle that transition is who you gonna be as that as a basketball player from then on. 
that's my opinion. Uh, when you come from JUCO, it's like, it's like you really, it's, it's a grind. It's a real grind. Like you don't have, I didn't have much JUCO. The school was small, you know, it's just one town. It's real small, it's like, it's gritty. And everybody out to get theirs. And everybody wanna score, everybody wanna look good. And then when you go to that four year, it's bigger and it's lively and you got more to do, more distractions. It's harder. I mean, it's easier to get into BS. <laughs> it's easier to get into BS. So the transition really like plays with your mental. If you can handle it up here, you're gonna be able to handle it on the court. When I my first my first uh year going to my uh going to Omaha, man, it was it was crazy because I was partying too much. And I'm a gym rat. I'm a gym rat, but when I come to the campus, I'm a handsome guy. I play basketball. Ladies like me. I'm going out. I'm, I'm doing too much. All right. That's what. That's how your mental. That's how it comes to playing your mental. If you can handle that part of it, it gets easier. Um, my first year, I really didn't handle it well. I still was. Uh, I still played okay, but I could. I should have been better. I didn't. I didn't go to the gym enough. But then that year after that. The same situation. I'm staying in the gym, though. I still go out. I still do this and that. But I'm just in the gym. And that's the huge difference. Long as you stay in the gym and work out and, like, stay on top of stuff, it's easy. But the hardest part about the transition is the life. You live with well, the life you live in Juco ain't – it's – it's nothing like a D1 or university <laughs> life. Right. Juco is very small. And then once you go D1, you got the whole city. And a lot of people know you that you don't even know. Right. That you don't even know know you. So, like I said, it's a lot easier to get into stuff. All right. Well, yeah. What would you say? Because, like, you know, Juco, you got, you got maybe class, and then you got maybe workouts, and then practice. Uh, tell them like how yo how that transition to the D one though, cause D one or D four year university, it ain't it ain't the same. Like you the ain't daily got daily life. Yeah, the day to day life is way more intense too, cause you got class and you got practice in the middle of the day, and coach might have to tell you to come back to practice, or coach might tell you we got practice at five today in the morning, right? So everything is kind of like it's it's. It's on a, like, you got to be there. You got to get it. You got to get up. You got to go. It's everything's on the move. Daily life is, like you said, class, practice, grind. You want to eat. You want, then you're probably going to go back to the gym, and you got to do homework. Maybe you got a paper. Maybe you got a test. It's a, it's, it's, um, it's a lot. It's definitely, it's definitely not for somebody that's weak. A lot of people don't make it. <laughs> a lot of people can't yeah. even get through it. Right. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure you've seen a lot of people go home. Um, and I think I think my one thing was, uh, sure. you know, that transition too. Um, at the you know, JUCO, you, you got a lot of more, a little bit more freedom, and then you get to the four year. Yeah, like ain't that said, crazy? Got, How you get more freedom in JUCO? Then <laughs> right. like, it's crazy. Uh. Yeah, so you get to the, you get to the four year, and then like you said, you got class. You might have workout. 
Uh, and the workout ain't a workout that is normal. It's, no, it's not normal. They want you to work on. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, what time you you got to get in there? You gotta you gotta be really mentally ready to to go in there yourself to work on your own game. Yeah. And that that took me that took me a minute to like, all right, like I can I can do that now. That was like my my hardest thing to do. Uh, I think that I did that in my junior year. That's what that got me. The workouts yeah, make it that much harder. Every time yeah, they have yeah. you work out, your body going to feel it. I don't care how used to yeah, it your body yeah. is, you're going to feel it. I also also hear about uh nutrition part of JUCO. You know, you ain't got, you know, meal plans right. and things yeah. like that. So if you're going through workouts, those intense workouts, and then not have food or, you know, I, I know players were affected by living with somebody one day. And then they leave, mm-hmm. and now you got to get new leases. You got to get new roommates. And mm-hmm. You never build that brotherhood that coach is always talking about at the four-year and things like that. So, yeah, I, I commend both of you. Juco is a revolving door, man. So, yeah, I commend both of y'all for going through that process. I know that was – I probably had, like, six roommates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make a man years, I hadn't had so. six roommates. So that's five different yeah. – that's six different styles of play you got to get accustomed to, different communications. Yeah, y'all, mm-hmm. y'all can have that that whole experience. I I commend y'all. Uh, I want to go back. I want to go back uh, and open the door for my dad to kind of touch on this before we go uh, move forward to another topic. Uh, Troy mentioned, you know, about the aspect of coming to, you know, coming like this and well, having a conversation with his dad um, towards the later years of his life. You know, I know you kind of touched on that too, pops, and, and share some wisdom on that aspect. So go ahead, the floor is yours. Troy and I basically had a similar situation. Uh, you know, we talked about it in episode one, where my dad was not in my life and losing my mom at seven, you know, that's that was trauma. You know, that was trauma. So you know, I would I would go play ball and I you know, I was pretty decent. But the the the, the role models I had in my life, you gotta understand, they were like in college, my mom's brother, he was at River Falls, so he, would, he was the one who was really teaching me the game, but he's back and forth to college, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm out there. But, the, you know, you, you need that person to bring out the passion in you. You need the support. And uh, like Troy said, that's why I was there, hands-on, because I, if I had a son, I, I really wanted to just be there for him, you know. Right. And, it's, and, and I know if my uncle – Leon, his name is Leon Bond, which is the guy we just talked about, granddad. Uh, I would have been decent. You know, I hear about it now. So, but one thing I did, I liked school. So I, I stayed in school. My grandparents took step up the road to take care of us, but they were 60 some years old. Right. So the three role models I had was Leon Bond, Will Bond, Thomas Bond, but they were, they were, they were young too as well. So I just did the academics and just, you know, go to the playground and, 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 and deal with the, you know, frustration there. And then later years, when I met my dad, you know, we talked and, and, and redeemed there. It was redemption. But, you know, all those years had passed, you know, you and that's that's where the hatred come in because things you wanted to do. And then you got to understand the financial part of it. When you right. ra- when you raised by grandparents, you know you're talking about fees and you're talking about uh, uh, uniforms and things like that. 
they, 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 they responsibility is to give you love. First and foremost, God, give you love and feed you, you know, and, 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 and they had raised their kids. So I just made up in my mind, well, well I'm gonna go to school and get the grades and then um, take it from there, man. And uh, just, you know, just did it for fun, man. You know, I did it for fun. But if you, you, you like two of them say, man, you need somebody teaching you, teaching you and hands on, teaching you the right way of the game, you know? So that's why when uh, MJ was born, that's why I tried to do that. I tried mm-hmm. to aspect like Troy said, I tried coaching him. He didn't want to listen neither. So uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I passed it along to some other coaches and and they wasn't all right neither. You know, so uh, I tried to get him to be a little more selfish, but very unselfish player. Knew the game, very talented, uh, uh, very smart. Just, just, just wasn't, to me, wasn't selfish enough, you know. Uh, yeah, we want you to listen to the coaches. We want you to, uh, but sometimes you got you, you, you to gotta do you, you know. Right. And, I, and I feel what Troy is talking about. You, 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 you know, you, you gotta. What they gonna do? Right. No, I feel you. Feel you, Big Mike. We right. You hit the nail on the head. As far as my dad, man, uh, we did have redemption, but I was trying to get him to understand that, uh, you know, all the stuff like I wanted to play and the drive I had, man. You know, all that was sucked out of me. Thanks to my uncle and my cousins, they kept me out the street. But, you know, still, man, you got to understand, man, there's, there was pain coming up there. There was trauma coming up, man. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But anyway, he, he you know, we, we sat down, we did this uh, redemption. But, you know, and, 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 and it was cool, you know, until he left this world. But, you know, you just got to understand that he, this, this is where all this trauma is coming, man. You know, this is what's happening in the world, man. A lot of people are dealing with trauma. And people don't even know this. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but I'm gonna pass it back to you, you guys. So that's Dude, a good bless, man. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good segue to, to pose this question for you, um, Troy, um, and Uncle Rick, and I, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna pose it to Uncle, uh, Uncle Troy first, and then, you know, my dad and uh, Uncle Rick, whoever wanna go second, just go right into it. Um, so, you know, my experience, money experience, and two experience, it, it, it came from black coaches, so, you know, of, of, you know, probably being overlooked and things like that. But even with transitioning to college when we had, you know, coaches of, of other races, it didn't seem like it was a good experience either. So um, what would a coach have to tell you guys um, if they, you know, with the recruit, recruitment process was done all over again, how would they have to address you guys about the way that they will handle your child, care about your child and teach your child, um, especially, you know, what are some things you better hear from that coach, um, especially what's going on in the world today? Troy, Uncle Troy, you first. You know, um, I was being recruited by Leonard Hamilton. I was actually going to Oklahoma State. Um, that's how I ended up going to JUCO because I had a, like a 26 or 27 on ACT test. And, uh, but I had a 1.9 like acuity in my first two years in high school. I wasn't uh, very serious about it. You know, we just clowned. We'd have, we'd, like I laid out the map like, like y'all know, knew everything y'all needed to get to, to the NCAA. Nobody let, laid that map out for me. You know what I'm saying? So I thought I seriously thought the only thing they took was your senior year. The senior year, you, you get off your senior year, and you're good to go, and you go to the next level. But they didn't tell me they take all your grades. 
and, and, and you get that accum- accumulation of all your grades. You, they ain't tell you about the clearing house and things like hey, that. Yeah, didn't yeah. know none of that stuff, right? So I ended up getting recruited by Lynn Hamlin. He and he actually said that, are you NCAA clear? Clearing, are you clearing house? I was like, man, what the hell is a clearing house? I didn't know what it was, right? So they came into my mother's living room, and they and I'm honest with you, Tim Carter, Leonard Hamilton, good dudes, man. I came in front. It was a good brothers, and they sent me to to JUCO because I could have went Prop 48. A lot of, at that time, a lot of guys were doing Prop 48. Uh, and I'm going to leave this going somewhere with this. I'm saying this, okay? This going somewhere. So Prop 48 was a was a, back then, and they still got Prop 48, but nobody do it no more. But what it is, Prop 48 says you can go to the university or the college that you're going to sign with. You just can't play. Now, you can you can practice with the team. You can do everything with the team, but you can't put on a uniform and play the year. But you lose a year of eligibility. So you lose your freshman year of eligibility, right? So he didn't want, he didn't want me going. And I didn't want to go proper. I wanted to play. So I ended up going to the number one JUCO in America. I went to Connor State College in Oklahoma, which is 45 minutes from Oklahoma State, Stillwater, Oklahoma. I was a I was a, a man. We had seven top 100 players in my class that played at Connor State College. We had Reggie Reggie Titch was going to Georgia. He was going to Georgia. Marshall Wilson going to Georgia. Elmo Spencer went to play for the LA Clippers. He ended up going to UNLV. Joe Boyd, Memphis, myself, Oklahoma State. Now, Rick, Rick gonna trip off of this because I never, I don't even think I told you the story, Rick. But I was going to Oklahoma State football games. I was going to all the football games. Got a chance to see Barry Sanders in action. Bad boy, you know, y'all know Barry Sanders. Got a chance to see him live in person. Him and Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas. Man, uh, I went to the first game of the Oklahoma uh, State uh, Cowboys against. Uh, it was a scrimmage game. So it was a, a, a NAI school they played against. I think it was Central Oklahoma they played against. You know, they ended up beating them. And, I mean, it was so good. They had they had uh, Richard Dumas. Y'all remember Richard Dumas played in the NBA, played for the team. Yeah. Um, they had Charles Barkley, of course. Uh, he was on – but he wasn't Oklahoma State. He was at Phoenix. So they had all these – all these this dude named Royce Jeffers. Bob McDay from Milwaukee. So yeah. that's why I actually chose Oklahoma State because of Bob McDay. They said, Bob McDay, he'll be there for two years. You come in, you come right in this spot, take his place. I'm all excited. I'm geeked up to see Bob. I see Bob McDay in the hallway after the game. I'm waiting for the players to come out because, you know, the coaches, they, they was right up there. They brought us up there. So I'm waiting for the uh, players to come out. I'm waiting on Bob, really. I'm, you know, I met all the other guys. We do Miss Royce Jeffers. I met all these guys. And uh, got a chance to Bob come out. Man, you, you ain't going to believe what Bob said. It just it killed my dream at this school. Bob, I said, because Bob was the second least scoring team. Richard Dumas was average 17. Bob was average like 13, 14. Uh, Bob said, man, fuck this school. <laughs> it killed me because I'm all excited to see him and get to see him. He got a cigarette in his mouth. And he said, man, fuck this school. I'm transferring. I'm leaving. I'm like, what? I'm like, wow, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, in my eyes, it looks like everything is, is going on. But I didn't realize at the time, Bob wanted to be the man. It wasn't about, it wasn't about the team because that team was raw. They were a top 25 team in the country. That team was good as hell. Bob wanted to be the man, though. But at the time, I'm 18 years old. I don't realize that. So you know what I said in my mind? Bob leaving, I'm leaving. The worst mistake of my life. So I said that to say this. What I, and a lot of guys are not honest with their, um, with their players. Honesty is the best policy, man. So that's why I think I'm so successful as a college coach and high school coach because I'm always honest with the kids. I don't pull no punches. I don't play no games with these kids. I just tell them flat out what it is that they need to do, what they need to work on, just like, like I was my own son. And I feel like because I was lied to so much as a youth, as a young man that it, it affected me. And I know it affected me because it, it, it had a lot of anger in me. And Rick knew that when I was uh, 17. I was a bad boy, but I had a lot of anger in me. I played with a lot of anger. 
And I didn't, and that's not really a cool way to play, but that's the way I played. I always had a chip on my shoulder, even when it wasn't a need to have a chip on your shoulder. I always had a chip on my shoulder. So I think honesty is always the best policy. And I think that's what I would, that's what I, uh, I recommend uh, guys who go to play college ball or football or whatever you want to do. You, you give those coaches are straight up blatantly honest. I don't care how brutal honest they are. That's what you want. You want the honesty. So you know what you need to work on as a young man and as a player. And, and, and you will want to hear some stuff about, you know, coming from Milwaukee, I'm pretty sure going to Stillwater, Oklahoma, or, you know, going to Stillwater was a, a culture shock. So they, yeah. coach, you gotta, they got to be honest about that aspect too, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I ain't going to lie to you, man. Oklahoma, Oklahoma Stillwater was, was, it wasn't that bad of a city. It was a, it was a, it's a nice little city. It's, you know what I mean? It's not bad of a city. But, you, but you're absolutely right. It is definitely a culture shock. They don't tell you that all eyes are going to be on you. They don't tell you all, like, a lot of stuff I didn't know. Like, like I said, being at this – I mean, honestly, we like I said, we had a, a bad squad. And some of the stuff you hear, I mean, I can honestly tell you, I used to go to my mailbox. There'd be an envelope in my mailbox. No name on it, no nothing. Open it up. It's for $500 in that month. You know, that happened like once every two weeks. We, you know, we got taken care of. I go to class. Now, this ain't beneficial to me, but it's also beneficial for the school. As long as I'm playing good and I'm doing my thing, go to class. I just put my name on the paper. I hand the paper in. Whatever. I don't care what class it is we doing. That's how well well taken care of we were, if you want to call it that. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't need that. So I didn't know this stuff. So some of this stuff I had no clue that's going on. So my teammates were like, man, what the hell is you doing? I'm in there like a regular student doing all my work, doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And they're like, man, what the hell is you doing? I'm like, what you talking about? I'm doing my work. I'm like, man, don't do that. You're going to mess it up for everybody. So in order for me to not mess up for everybody, I had to not do my stuff. So because if, if I do it, they expect all the other guys to do it. So, But it definitely was a culture shock, Mike, uh, nephew. I, I think uh, – I think going to that, I think JUCO is the worst thing for any kid if you're not mentally strong enough. The good thing is with money and, 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 and two, I knew they were mentally strong. I would never send a kid JUCO if they weren't mentally strong unless the kid had no choice, obviously. You know, going to college, because I'm telling you, that's why I really saved my life. And of course, with uh, Jay Keith, that saved my life, man. I turned down a $75,000 contract to go play overseas, over in Spain, to, to stay here, because I was not leaving my son for nothing. You know, at the time, me and his mom went together. So I wouldn't leave my son. So... I definitely would say that culture shock was definitely a real, it was a real deal because I didn't deal with that very well. That's when I actually got in my last trouble in, in uh, college. I got in my last crime I ever committed. Last time I got in trouble it was in college, mm-hmm. my junior year. And, and of course, I never, never looked back then, never looked back since. But but it did, uh, it definitely uh, it, it molded me as a man, you know. Yes, yeah. Pop, pops, uh, what, what, what would a coach have to tell you, you know, for you to feel comfortable with sending your child to that university or institution? What obligations do you feel they have, you know, to, to speak up on? Go ahead. Man, we had had this conversation over and over and over. And, uh, you know, we did a lot of recruiting visits with you. And, uh, and you know, you're talking about at this time, Nara, or what you're saying? Yeah. Or, you know, this yeah, this yeah. time, you know, what, you know, what, what's going on, you know, and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was, yeah, if it was, like now, they will have to, you know, some of the situations that you're dealing with now where the, the parents are calling you to uh, make sure if I send my son up there, he's going to be safe. Uh, uh, um, you know, talking about the issues, addressing all the issues and, uh, you know, everything that's going on in the world, you know. And if I was the parents sitting there all over again like we were, these are some of the questions I would ask, you know. Uh, I, I think that you probably 
would tell me like you told me before, Troy, when we was when we went in there to wash uh, Whitewater's uh, comfortable seating, plush seating, rings on their finger, and they got jerseys laying out. Mag, I got it. Uh, you know, when you're a defensive player, like he was ranked, he was in a magazine, and I'm trying to tell him to go there, and he's telling me he's going somewhere else, Troy. You know, and uh, but he, I, 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 you have to do the research, like you said on the best of your ability what you do you understand what i'm saying can you hear me i got you i'm with you baby yeah yeah so uh uh you you first of all you have to go to a school that suits your skill set the best that bring out the best in you and then with everything the, the issues that's going on now uh it, it, it it's 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 just tough man it's tough around the world it's tough for our young men. That's why I asked you earlier, Troy, what would you tell my cousin? Right. What what kind of things would would help him in this situation? And 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 I think that, you know, uh it it just man, it, it would be this is a different time, man. That's all I can say. This is a different time. Uh these coaches will sit up here and tell you stuff, man, that a lie in your face, you know what I mean? So it, 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 it's, it's rough, man. But I'm gonna pass it to Rick because I, I, you know, I get I get personal about this kind of stuff, man. You know? I don't blame you, bro. I don't blame you. All right, first and foremost, um, I like to, you know, hey, congrats, um, thank Troy for I piggybacked him because when money was getting recruited, hey, wasn't a whole lot of stuff coming coming our way. So I reached out to Troy immediately, and uh, he helped out. He was a tremendous help with that because I thought I was ready when it came out. And, you know, like I said, the difference then and now, I wouldn't I definitely would reach back out to him for sure, you know, because he stayed with it. And, and he's obviously he's, he's in still uh, dealing with the college kids now. So it, it, I wouldn't change that aspect. But uh, as far as, you know, it's just a matter of uh, I, 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 I probably would have changed who money's who was handling him and did more, I don't know, I would say um, personal training than, than, than AAU and all that. That's basically what I would change, you know. And like looking at now, you know, it's, 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 it's times have changed. I don't know if you're talking about with the virus, with the rioting, but it's, it's, just, it's just a different time where you, you, have, to, you have to look at stuff definitely diff, different. But uh, you have to keep your head, stay focused is the main thing, stay focused on. On, on, on the best for your child and for yourself and your family to make it work. Good answer. So I appreciate that from all, from all three of you gentlemen. Um, and that's a good way to go back to, to two and money for our last, I guess our last little, you know, content of the, of the podcast uh, is you guys went to some schools. You went from playing with, you know, inner city competition, but then for high school, you went to suburban um, schools where, you know, it's just like college. You know, for me, I went to Tech and went to Stout. You know, I went from playing with all black dudes, playing with four four other black dudes. And, you know, like and like today, you know, with the with the COVID situation and with the riots and protests and, and things that's going on, I know for sure that them conversations would have been tough to have with those teammates compared to having it with, you know, some Tech teammates. You just, as far as lifestyle, understanding, and even talking to coaches. You know, my coaches at Stout, you know, probably wouldn't have understand you know, cap kneeling and, and why I probably would have wanted to kneel if, if it was in the time where I was in school or, you know, my stance on police brutality and all that stuff. But 
you know, for you and, and money going to high school um, in those settings, what it was like, you know, just, we could go, we, I could ramble, but what it was like for, you know, for you guys transitioning to those type of schools. From high school to... So, so your high school, no, not like from middle school, going to high school, you know, you went to Marquette, uh, to East. what was it like, you know? Uh, uh, like I said, it was culture shock, really different for me. I went from Sarah Scott Middle School to Marquette. Now Sarah Scott is downtown Milwaukee, State Street, all black, pretty much. NPS, public school. Marquette is a private private school, private organization, but it's in the hood in Milwaukee, but it's very protected. Um, it's a huge culture shock. I went to, um, like I said, I was in a wave where we was just transitioning to get more black kids into the school in 04. Um, there were black kids there before, but it was like, in 04 was the biggest group at that time had entered the school. Um, so it was very different. First, I remember the first day I walked in the hallway and it was, it felt like I was in Catholic church. And I've never been in the Catholic church before that. And it just, the whole aura, the whole like atmosphere was just white. <laughs> like, that's the only way I can describe it. It was, um, before, before, the first, before the first day of school, Pops put me in a weight training program uh, with the weight training coach. And that was new. I ain't never did no weight training. So I had a, this weight training coach. I had to get up every morning at like 7 in the morning just to go work out and lift weights. I hated it. I hated it. So I took on the mindset like I didn't want to be there, which made it worse. And now when I was coming from Sarah Scott, I was like the most popular seventh to eighth grade, eighth, eighth grade on the team. I got MVP two years back to back. Everybody pretty much knew me. Marquette, I had to start over. Like I was a freshman coming in, didn't know nobody, and I was surrounded by all white people. So naturally I gravitated toward the black group of kids. Uh, and But it taught me it taught me, Marquette got me way more mentally strong than anything in my life because it taught me how like that world was, political, um, just, yeah, that whole, I was, in, I was shaking hands with judges, sons, police officers, all those kind of, all those kind of people. And they, they looked at me like I was dumb at first. And I remember one day I came home and I, and I was like sad. And I told Pops like, man, I don't think I'm smart enough to go to this school. And Pops, was, he, was, he got upset. And he told me, don't ever say that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the difference. Like at Sarah Sky, I was 4.0 student. Come to Marquette, I, my first report card was like a 1.5 or 1.3, 1. 1.7, Pop, yeah. And so that was the biggest difference. People looked at me like I was dumb. And I ain't dumb at all, not by the least. You know what I'm saying? But then on the basketball court, they that's when I kind of, like, got into my own. And people started, like, wanting me to be around, basically, in Marquette. It was a huge difference for me. Got you. Money. Some, some of those same things or what? What you got? Uh, yeah, a little, a little bit. Uh, Cause mine's is, you know, I went to Congress, and then I, I ended up going to Lone Fellow, like 
Tulsa East Middle School for probably like a month or two. So like I was able to like get used to certain people around it, but it was still like, a, it was still a change though, because I ain't never really had no, no white teachers or been in the class with like white students or anything like that. Uh, it wasn't too many, too many black kids there. And then going into the East, uh, like my freshman year, it was basically like, I'm starting over. I really, I really didn't know too many people besides like the ones I met at the school or the two kids that I knew was Vince and Zach who play AAU with me. But other than that, it was like, I really, I'm, I'm really just here by myself. Like, I don't know nobody because they, they in more different classes than me. Like I, I was, it was class. I was the only black kid in, in the class. I'm looking like, this ain't right. <laughs> and this, every class. Like, oh. Right. Damn so, so he's had more black people than, than Marquette, but still, it was just, it was different. Uh, I definitely struggled in the classroom for sure. Uh, how's what I come home with the first first report card? <laughs> it was a one something. It was low one something. And he is pissed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it it definitely helped me later on. Uh, it helped as for college, college. For sure. That's exactly where I was going with that. Me. So so with just advice. Sorry, money. You, I'm gonna let you go back. But with just advice for students, that's probably the the easiest transition to think about from high school going to a PWI or some of these other schools. So. In short, abbreviated form, what advice would you give to kids going from inner city, um, you know, rough neighborhoods, going to college to like the big schools, the PWI, stuff like that? What advice would y'all give to them by going through it in high school? Like two said, it prepared you way more for college. Yeah. So what advice would y'all give them? Just like quick advice for young cats going through that. First thing I'm going to say is be open-minded. Um, don't ever think you're not a student. Be a forever student. And also ask every question you want to ask. Everything you want to know, ask it. Don't ever be scared to ask questions. Confront all situations with an open mind. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely ask a lot of questions. Uh, talk to your counselor, whoever. Like, is this some of you that that can help you? Like, because I, I didn't ask no questions. So right. for me, it was like classes that I should have taken at East that could have helped me in college. And I'm like, I ain't know this. So like, I really definitely ask questions and don't be, don't be scared. Yeah. Like you gotta, you just gotta go for it. Shoot. Cause mm -hmm. no matter what you gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna come. So might as well, might as well do it now or take it now. Yeah. So Got you. You know what? We're gonna have to do a part two. Cause we, we, I, I don't know where we at time wise because the people don't know. The people don't know really what we really had to do to get this episode on. We ain't gonna tell them. Um, but we gonna have to do a part two because I know that the follow up question will be for a lot of our dads listening, a lot of our single mothers who might be listening. The parents, how do they adapt uh, to the culture as just parents blending in at the games and things like that? That Uncle Rick and uh, Uncle Troy had probably had to go through mm -hmm. things like that. I also wanted to touch on, you know, really Uncle Troy was the first. You know, a lot of people might call me out and call this BS, but man, when I was growing up, I remember he coached at Marshall and he had Hot Boy and all them, and he was the first like coach that I seen like really relate to the black players, like and have mm -hmm. African American coaching, and how that was impactful because you know when you come up, gosh, uh, you know the other coaches, you know, there wasn't no African American coach, but I was the first down. coach with some swag. That, that's what that's what I'm getting to. And, there you go at the high school level, and that was impactful. That was very impactful. So we got to touch on that. So we we gotta do a part two, people. We gotta we gotta I'm like down. his dad back. We can't get it all in the session. 
Go ahead. So you talk about how I should have should went to Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> that part. We're going we gonna to talk about that. So that get your bag. Get your bag. Hey, hey, if y'all really enjoyed this, man, when I, we will put it out. We will advertise it um, on the different social media we got. Don't forget, we got the Listen Sun uh, podcast on Twitter. Like I said, we got the email. We put them out on YouTube every week. Um, so we will advertise when we have in the uh, uh, tune in his day and Uncle Troy back so y'all can prepare for that. But um, we're going to have the Listen Sun segment coming up. Um, once again, making sure you like it, you subscribe, you retweet, do all these things so we can keep this going. We got people talking to us from all over the country. and You're going to hear a lot of people come on this podcast from all over. So um, it's just not, you know, one setting. It's just not one demographic we reach. We're trying to reach everybody, man. So with that, um, I'm going I'm to turn it over. Um, we're going to have a Listen Sun segment. Okay. Listen Sun and all, actually all the sons across the country, across the world. Um, I would just say, like I, like, I was, like I always tell my son, you know, I, I'm not the I'm not perfect, but I did best what I knew how to do as a father. I think I did a, a really good job. I'm so proud of my sons. I got two sons actually, but my older son, my first one, he actually saved my life and it turned my whole life around. So one for you, son. I know I I know I was hitting down the wrong path. I ended up in prison somewhere. So I definitely uh, love you for that. And just to all the sons around the world, man, I would definitely want to tell y'all this, man. I know it's rough. I know it's tough, but trust me, I rather not. I'd rather have a father in my life and not and not listen to him than not have a father in my life and don't listen to him. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense. But JK sometimes he wouldn't listen to stuff I was telling him. So as a father, and I knew this as a father that uh, I didn't know this part, that I had to step back and let him become his own man. Um, and that's what I always strive for. You always want to become your own man, and have your own thoughts and on your your own principles, and stand on things that uh you know that's right and was wrong. And I always try teaching him what's right from wrong because I don't want him to go down the path that I went down, sir. And I'm glad you didn't go that path because I wasn't I wasn't gonna allow that because I know how much anger and hate I had for my father because of that. Um and I'm just fortunate and glad that you are my life and I'm glad that that didn't happen for you. Um and I don't want that to happen for no young men out there in the world. Just even young ladies, man, they need us. All y'all, all y'all need us and we need y'all. So I just want to say leave that with that, uh tell you that uh, you can do whatever you want to do and I'm always telling this no matter what it is, you can't just limit yourself to just doing one thing. So the thing with basketball, that's over now. Okay, we done with that. So now it's time to move on to something bigger and better in life. Um, what I'm doing, you know, and I coach college basketball, which I always want to do. It's part of the dream I always had to coach college basketball. Um, and also do stand-up comedy. So that's my thing that I want to do in my life. You have to figure out what it is you want to do with your life. And you know what? Do the best at it. Be the best at it. Because I know there's greatness in you. There's greatness in you. There's greatness in all of us. And I know there's greatness in you because I know that for a fact because I was there from you from day one. And I know how that go. Being being around your father who not listen to him versus being with your father and not listen to him. So he didn't always listen to me, but I'll tell you one thing. I know his ass listening because crazy part is some of the things I was telling him, I see him doing right now. So I know you wasn't, you wasn't listening at the time, but you end up doing it and you end up listening anyway. So that's the advice I give all the sons out there. That's my, my uh, what's they call that? What you call that, Mike? Nephew? Listen, listen to some moment. Listen to some moment. <laughs> listen to some moment. <laughs>